How you guys doing this morning? Good. Well, I'm excited to be here. I'm going to move around a lot, so I hope that's okay. Um, I want to brag on the church for a minute. We, we came, uh, me and my wife came a few weeks ago, and you guys had a baptism. That matter of fact, there were several uh, that were baptized that day. It says a lot about the church. Then I came back today, you have a baptism. That signifies to me life. That excites me. It excites me today when, when we were worshiping God. And we started talking about Jesus. It's who you are. It's who you are. He's a miracle maker. He's a way maker. That is exciting. And you guys are very friendly to my family when we came in. A lot of churches are not that way. So I just want to tell you, thank you. Let me brag on you, Pastor, too, before I get started. He's genuine. Uh, we went back just to pray real brief, just a couple of minutes. He said, I want to make the name of Jesus famous. May that be what we do today. Make the name of Jesus famous. I, I'm going to give you a few words today, and uh, we're going to be in Mark chapter 10. Uh, I know you guys did Mark chapter 9 last week, and uh, Zach was telling me you guys talked about a struggling faith. And, uh, you know, we live in the real world, and, and, and it's a hard world, and uh, you're going to have some struggles at times. Today I'm going to try to do the impossible and do Mark chapter 10, um, which has 52 verses, so we're going to have to blow through it real fast. Um, my kids asked me, Dad, well, how long did they give you to speak? And I said, well, I guess two hours. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, we were laughing. But, uh, I'm going to give you some words uh, to begin with, but I, I want to hit on this topic for a second. The ideal versus the real. Okay? The ideal, that's God's word, that's the standard, that's the ideal. We live in the real. Uh, for instance, my family... Two of my kids uh, run track. If any of you guys have kids that run track, you're there for a long period of time. Uh, we were at the track yesterday for seven hours. It was cold in the morning. It was actually cold most of the day. The wind was fierce. Ideal, we would remember to wear sunblock. We did. I had had on that. My body mostly uh, covered, but the back of my neck is real, real red. That's real. <laughs> my kids have red faces. My wife has a red face. That's real because we didn't wear sunblock. Uh, so I want to I talk to you about the ideal versus the real. All right? Jesus always lived in the ideal. I'm going to share words. I'm going to give you a couple of words that mean something to me. And for some of you, it won't mean anything. But if I, if I were to say the word Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm trying to look around and see if some people are like, I, I can see who's really a, a fan. I'm a Steelers fan. Okay? If I said the word sweet tea, oh yeah. <laughs> I said, one day the doctors may tell me I can't have sweet tea. 
than it had been today. I drank it breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I am. I might, since we're in Virginia, I might say Virginia Cavaliers. Oh, some of you, that would be happy. I'm a bud. Some of you, I might say, we're fishing. When I was talking to the leadership, Bud asked me that question. He said, do you fish? And I said, well, um, my dad, he goes, you don't fish. <laughs> Jesus was incredible at getting to know people. And today, so I'm going to flash a word to begin Mark chapter 10. And when I flash that word, for some of you, it's going to be very... A lot of emotion to it. Okay? Go ahead and put up the first word on the screen. Mark chapter 10 is. Okay, it's right there. Um, I was looking at the back um, screen. Divorce. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus talked about divorce. And there were some religious leaders <clears throat> that were there. And when he, he talked about divorce, and when I flashed that small word on the screen, some of you, well, you felt that word. I mean, it, you felt it. I've been married almost 22 years, but I've got family members that went through divorce. I feel it. But when Jesus in Mark chapter 10, you go ahead and turn there, there was this word divorce. And the religious leaders wanted to trick Jesus. And again, we're going on a quick, quick study. But they asked Jesus a question in verse 2. It says, is it lawful to divorce your wife? And if you look at the passage real close, it was attested. They didn't really want to know the answer. They just wanted to get it. Jesus wanted to show the ideal versus the real. Let me take the real. The real is God hates divorce. You can look that up in Malachi chapter 2, verse 16. He hates it. Why does he hate it? Because it brings brokenness and hurt. And some of you, like I said, when I walked around, you felt that word. You experienced that. Now God forgives. But you felt that word. And they were trying to trick Jesus. And they said, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? You know why they were asking Jesus that question? Because the religious leaders of that day had bought into the idea, hey, you can divorce your wife for anything. Anything's forbidden. If she burns the bread. Now I love biscuits. When I was a kid, I'm getting off a second. When I was a kid, my mom made homemade biscuits almost every day. I didn't understand at the time. We had, me and my brother, we ate a lot. And it was the only way to keep us fed, I guess, to have the filler. But man, I love biscuits. Mm. That's a side note. That was free. <laughs> but Jesus hated 
divorce. Let's see if it does it in the and the religious leaders were trying to trick Jesus. And I want you to hear this. In verse 3, you know what he tells Jesus? Or what Jesus tells the religious leaders? He says, what does Moses command of you? Here's a little, uh, some advice. You know that every answer to your questions can be found in the Word of God. Every one. He said, let's go back to the Let's go back to the book. Let's go back to the law. Let's go back to what matters. Again, they were trying to trick me. I don't have, I'm not going to stay on this point, but just a second. Ideal versus real. And Jesus begins to go through the chapter and he says, well, from the beginning, let's go back to Genesis. Verse 9 in chapter 10. Again, we're going fast, so just, uh, he says, uh, it should be between a man and a woman. Give me the, uh, well, I'm about to jump ahead. He says between a man and a woman. Our society is starting to tell us that it should be a different way. Is that true? No. It's not between, marriage is between a man and a woman. Period. That. That's the ideal. Now the real we know, the real world we live in. There's some other things going on, but it doesn't change the word of God. So Jesus takes them back to the ideal. Because again, they were just trying to trick Jesus. I'm going to move to the next word. Kids. Now I get excited when I think about my kids. I've got three kids. Haley, Caleb, Malachi. And I, I've been blessed. When I say kids, some of you get excited. Some of you, if you're not a kids person, I've got a friend, they've, they've been married for 10 years. We don't want kids. We, we're good without kids. I'm like, okay. I love my kids. But when you say the word kids, Something else starts happening in Mark chapter 10 in verses 13 through 16. Jesus does something very strange. I'm going to walk around again. So I, the reason I'm doing this, I, I won't normally do this. But Mark chapter 10, this is what's happening. Jesus, we're going to see how he, he takes time with people when he looks at people. And that might make some of you uncomfortable. Like, boy, this is something... We don't have it. I don't think Zach does this much. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. Okay. But in this story, and in the back, I sat back here the, when I came the first time. I, I tried to just slip in nobody see me. But if, in Mark chapter 10, when he starts talking about kids, this is revolutionary what Jesus is about to do in this passage. And again, you're going to have to look at it later because i, I got to keep moving. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, this part about kids is written. And the disciples, if you look at it, you can look at it later, but the disciples, when the kids start coming up to Jesus, I mean, he's, he's going along doing his thing, healing people, teaching, and all of a sudden, kids start coming up. That'd be pretty wild if 
during the service, and the disciples said, hey, kids, go away. Don't mess with the teacher. He's teaching. Leave him alone. And the Bible says in Mark, Jesus got angry. The word is used indignant. Oh, he was mad. He said, don't you dare turn those kids away. And so the kids came up, but in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, not only is the kids' passage in there, but you, always, uh, you also have, which we're going to get to in a second, the rich young ruler. And I'm like, anytime you see something over and over repeated in the Bible, it's important. So you got a kid story and then rich young ruler. Very important. We're going to get to that. But here's what happened. Jesus said, bring the kids to me. And he lovingly embraced those children. He took time. I mean, he wasn't caught up in religion. He was caught up in relationship. Now, I want you to just hear this for a minute. And Mark, it tells us a, a different aspect of what he does with the children. He takes time to bless the children. Now, blessing is usually... When, when someone was blessed, it was synonymous with heaven. Okay? And he started talking about how he was going to bless these children. And Judaism was always caught up in legalism. Kids can't do anything to, to merit being blessed. And yet, Jesus blessed these children. Now, I'm not saying that these children, uh, and, and Luke, it uses the term rethos, which means the children were between the ages of zero to four. So they hadn't reached the age of accountability yet. So let me just say this real quick. But in Mark, what we see, and I know this when I think kids, I think of some of my friends who live in Bristol. They had twins die. When the mom was giving birth. You know, my friend, when we talk sometimes, he goes, you know, he still, he said, I still think about my son who died. And it's been years ago. Based on Mark, we know that that child, you'll see him again. So if you got kids, different stories we could go into, but we don't have the time. But it was a, a shocking thing that Jesus took the time to spend with kids. Let me get to the next slide. Money. Here we're going to look at the rich young ruler. <coughs> the rich young ruler, you know, most of you probably know this story. And again, I'm going to go through this in uh, verses 17 through 22. The rich young ruler came up to teacher, and this is what he did. And this was shocking. He's rich, which Jews considered that you were blessed by God, you were special because you had money. It was almost a prosperity gospel. And this rich young ruler did what you normally wouldn't see. When Jesus is getting ready to leave the town, he comes running, and he runs up to Jesus and he falls on his knees and he says, good teacher, good teacher. I 
want you to say something for a minute, real quick. He says, good teacher. You know, when I, when I talk to people in relationship, and I'm trying to witness to them and share Christ with them, a lot of times, this is what they'll say. The number one answer they give me, I'm a good person. Y'all heard that? This rich, young ruler, he's never met Jesus before, but he knows he teaches. He knows he's, uh, he's equating what he's doing, and he's going, hey, you're good. And Jesus immediately says, there's no one good but God alone. What was he saying? Why, why did he say that? He wanted this rich young ruler to understand, because this rich young ruler, based on everybody else he knew, he was good. But you can't compare yourself. The ideal is God. He's the standard. The real is, we're sinful. When we, when we open this book, it's to show the goodness of God and how far we've fallen from the goodness of God. That's why we need God. And so the rich young ruler, he begins to share, and he says, Jesus goes, have you followed the commandments? He goes, I've followed them since I was a young person, since I was a student. Then uh, Jesus says something in verse... 21, this is what Jesus says to him. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you like one thing, go sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Verse 21, and Jesus looking at him, loved him. Don't miss this, guys. Jesus looked at him and loved him. He was walking through the crowd. He's looking. He sees you. You can put on the outer external and nobody knows what's going on, but Jesus sees. Now what's interesting is Jesus didn't say, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I know exactly who's your God. You lack one thing. Money is your God. And the Bible says that he dropped his head. He was sad because he was wealthy. This guy didn't really want a relationship with Jesus. He just wanted another Adam so that he could figure out how he could be good enough. Give me the next slide. Dead. Wow. A lot of you feel that word too. <coughs> Maybe you've experienced someone who has died recently. Well, in this context, in Mark chapter 10, the disciples felt it. Jesus. Jesus, in the midst of all these verses we're looking at, he goes, hey guys, I'm getting ready to die. I'm going to rise again. I'm going to die. In the Bible, I love it, Mark chapter 10, when he's talking about this, he's heading to Jerusalem. He's, he knows he's going to be facing the cross. And he tells them he's going to die. 
And the disciples, they're distraught. They're amazed that Jesus, the Bible says in Mark, they're amazed that he is leading the way. And he's, hey, look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow what God's told me to do. I'm going to be obedient. Next word. Greed. I, I, I struggled with this word, and, and I probably, if I, if I would have not given this to Zach on Thursday, I probably would have put power in the place of greed. But then all of a sudden, if you go back, uh, verses 35 through 41, there's all these things going on in Mark chapter 10. And then James and John and their mom, you find that in the other accounts in the story of the Gospels. They go up to Jesus and say, hey Jesus, we got one thing we want you to, to give us. Go ahead and say yes before we tell you what it is. Now, I, students, if you're listening, kids, if you're listening, this is not the way to get the answer you want. Okay, don't say, tell me yes before I give you uh, what it is I want. But Jesus, or, um, they ask him, we want to be on your left and your right in the kingdom. And I thought about that, and I was thinking, uh, if I was given a, a title for the whole bar chapter 10, this is it. It's relationship. I'm going, you know, I've been, I'm 49 years old, and I've been going to church my whole life. I'm like, God, that's sort of strange that all of these stories, and all of a sudden you throw this one in here. Because there's a lot of different stories in Mark chapter 10. And I was like, Ideal versus real. The real's messy. People are selfish. The disciples get upset that James and John uh, wanted to be second in command. Um, and yet, it's in there. Ideal versus real. Go to the next slide. If, if I was going to <clears throat> take some notes, I know I'm jumping all over the place, but it's a lot of verses. I would definitely write down my deal versus real. Second thing I'm write down is this. We're going to get to uh, the story that shows compassion. Relationship changes everything. Relationship changes everything. Okay? I could, I could say so many words. For some of you, I could even say the word prison. You might have a relative or someone you know. But if it's someone you know and you say the word prison, relationship changes everything. In the last few verses, 46 through 52, we have the story of Bartimaeus. It's an amazing story. I'm going to tell you the story again. I, I told you always go back to Scripture. Everything I'm telling you is in Mark chapter 10, I promise. 
believe me, make sure and read it. <coughs> Prove what I'm telling you is correct, but it's just a lot of verses, so I'm doing it this way. But in Mark chapter 10, 46 through 52, this is another amazing story that happens. There's this blind guy. And if you're religious, if you're religious in Jesus' day, blindness, the religious establishment, the Jews thought, it's because you sin. You, hey, you deserve it. You're blind. You deserve to be a beggar. But Jesus was changing everything because he was about relationship. And so he looks at this, well, let me, let me tell the context of the story. Blind Bartimaeus is away and there's a big crowd and it's loud. And he starts going, Son of David! Have mercy! And the crowd's going, Shut up! Be quiet! Son of David! Have mercy! And the Bible says, Jesus stopped. You know the difference between relationship and religion? Jesus took time. When you get into a religious mode, you're like, I got to set thing I'm going to do. I got to do this. I got to do that. And you can be checking all the boxes externally, but internally, God knows what's going on. And Jesus stopped and says, Call him. And the Bible says that Bartimaeus. They said, take heart, Bartimaeus. He's calling for you. Says he threw off his coat, his cloak, which was a coat, and he, he went marching straight to Jesus. That would be amazing in itself that he went to Jesus. But then Jesus does something unusual. He's got Bartimaeus right in front of his face. It's obvious why blind Bartimaeus wanted to be near Jesus. But Jesus asked him a question. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Blind Bartimaeus said, Lord, Rabbi, I want to see Jesus said, according to your faith, it may be done. When Jesus healed Bartimaeus, the Bible says he followed him. I believe it was a salvation experience that day. Jesus calls us to follow him. Let me go to the next slide. I'm going to finish up. Question before you today in Mark chapter 10, it was there was a lot of stories. The rich young ruler was about religion. Hey, I've been doing everything right externally. There's one thing internally people don't realize, and Jesus exposed it, and he goes, Now I'm not, I'm not gonna follow God. I don't want the relationship at that cost. Religion or relationship? Religion changes everything. 
Till the next slide. <coughs> I'm sorry, till the next slide. One more. Verse 16. Why am I going back to this? This is what I want to finish with. The contrast between what Jesus did and what the religious establishment saw. He took time. This is what he did. And he took the kids, the children, in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. He was showing relationship. Everybody in society, when they looked at the church back in Judaism, they saw religion, rules, no relationship. And Jesus put the two stories of children and he goes on to say in later verses, if anybody wants to get to heaven, they have to come like a child. That was in the face of the religious leaders. How dare he speak that way? And then the contrast, next slide. And then the rich young ruler, Jesus looking at him, loved him and said, you like one thing, go sell it. All that you have and give to the poor, you have treasure in heaven. Come follow me. I want to ask you a question as we close. Jesus sees you. I just see you physically. I see the external. Jesus sees you. Is there something keeping you from a vibrant, alive relationship with Jesus Christ? What's the one thing? Again, only you know that. Maybe you're, hey, maybe you're clear and good. That's good. This ain't for everybody. But maybe you've got that one thing. And as I'm sharing, the Holy Spirit of God's pounding on your heart and you're going, Money, power, whatever it is, relationship. So I call it, and I stole this from a guy I heard a while back, your Monday morning application. What's that one thing you're going to give over to God? Because Sunday morning is fine. We need to teach, we need to quit. But if it don't affect you on the next day, and all you did was have a religious experience this morning. And I'm not about that. I'm about an application. Obey. It's what God calls us to. So what's the one thing? His will or my will? His will or my will?